Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of uh, weeks, part one and part two of emotional eating. Um, and as always, thank you for the feedback. Had some great uh, conversations in our uh, in our office earlier today regarding that. And the um, opposite effect of some people. And the opposite effect. Yeah. They didn't have emotional eating until he watched, was, listened to the podcast. So watched the podcast and thought, mm, that reminds me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for... Uh, I fancy some sugary treats. So. Yeah, that's and not it, our idea. It's not our idea, but at least it started the conversation. So um, we were talking earlier and, and trying to hum and hiring on what topic we should go for. And uh, when we're a bit stumped, we kind of look at just perhaps what's topical at the moment. So a quick search on, uh, on the BBC website um, caught my eye uh, well, last night and then this morning of a um an article really following before, on before we go into that yeah i have got something which is topical i'm wondering how many people today have gone on the treadmill and seen how fast they can run at 20 kilometers an hour because that's the fastest a treadmill will go to how, realize how long realize they can stay on it how long they can stay at 20 kilometers an hour to realize that that isn't even as fast as kip jonga was doing the yeah, sub two how, hour marathon he was going that? faster than most treadmills go now that's a challenge. If actually no, it's not a challenge because it's not very safe. But if you want to disclaimer, like no injuries are caused by us. <laughs> we take no responsibility for it. If let's see how long you guys can run at twenty kilometers an hour on a treadmill, and then just realize how great the achievement of one hour fifty nine forty seconds in a marathon was. That is phenomenal, and when you do actually put it into um, everyday situations, there's. You know, most people wouldn't be able to run next to him no. for you know a minute. Not even that, you know. And Paul that is pretty, uh, pretty broke, phenomenal. Paul Barakas record was broken as well. Yeah, Chicago, I saw that. Which is crazy, sixteen-year record. Well, it's interesting. Also, we're going to go off the. We're not yeah, but go this, this is the great thing. But um, it's also interesting. I wonder how many and uh, he hinted on it uh, in the interview afterwards, didn't he? Of um, I wonder how many other athletes now will break that. I wonder that how long knows. until that, because it's not official, he hasn't got the official world it's record. It's not official because it was all- He still holds position. He still holds the world record, but I wonder how soon it will be now that someone will break the world record in an official event under two hours. Well, if we look at it, Roger Bannister's mile. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's normal to do it under now. He basically done 26.2 miles at half a minute over Roger Bannister's mile. That's crazy to think that. But it also shows that, and I know there's a, there has to be some level of physical and physiological point that you can't, and they're not going to necessarily run without some serious help, um, legal or well, probably illegal. You're not gonna run a marathon in five minutes. No. You know, there's gotta be, so at some point, there has to be a point that- But two hours like, was that. So it's not. So that so it always points to then that there's a an, a psychological barrier. Hmm. There's barriers that we put up, you know, um, in all of us, whether it's in our personal lives, in our business lives, in in anything we do. With there, we we live with with it, barriers. It comes to as we were talking about with my own success with the nutrition and the mindset work I do with clients. Until I start believing in myself and knowing how good that I actually am at doing this, yeah. knowing that it is belief backed up with the results, then I'm getting more and more results and getting more and more success. Yeah. But a lot of people see 
when they're putting out confidence, they're worried about people saying it's arrogance. And so for him to say, I can do under two, two hours, yeah, whatever, whatever, I can do under two hours. And then you'll get the people that are saying, yeah, but he had 41 paces. So he ran a marathon under two hours. Yeah, and as he quite rightly said when he, when he uh, completed, he said, this is for all of us. Mm. You know, it was very much... He, he didn't look tired quickly. at the end either. <laughs> he looked very... very well, the fact that he's he was just speaking... to everyone. Um, that he actually said, you know, I, that he couldn't do this without the team. It's, it, if he looked back and looked at the planning, it would, but it would start with a, a vision and a, and a thing that I, I can do this. I see no reason why I can't do this and, um, and, and give, it a, give it a go, but I need all that planning. But it does, it does highlight of how much in life that we do have um, emotional blocks. Massive. And for a lot of people, as you quite rightly so, it's also amazing of how in society that, that there's an emotional block that we don't like successful people or uh, I wouldn't say we don't like successful people, but we, we tend to... about realising. Yeah, as you, as you said, yeah, you know, people say, well, yeah, but he did it with so-and-so. You know, it's, it's almost like let's, let's allow them to put them up and then let's see if we can just chop them down a bit yeah. because and it's, I think it's a lot of us, it is our insecurities and, and, and either in society or personally. But there's a lot of people also feel very intimidated um, around confident people. So I had this concept the other day I was thinking about is, is that a patient who said, um, the trouble is, you know, is it was all the classic things of, well, you know, that's not just me and I can't do this. And, and then it said, and when it broke it down, they were, they were hanging around with like-minded people who were very mediocre. And I said, you know, the thing is, though, if you want to, if you wanted to learn how to, uh, if Andy Murray wanted to be the best tennis player in the world, he would try and surround himself and learn from people who have been or are the best. You wouldn't hang around with mediocre um, because all you'll learn of them is to be stay mediocre. But it's interesting how many people do that mm-hmm. because if they hang around successful people, they feel that they don't belong or they feel insecure or they feel in, in that. An actual fact, when you hang around people who are confident and people are, they're actually usually the opposite. Oh, yes. Is that they the ones I found that when not when my challenge, um, number of years ago was out of a challenge to run a half marathon, and I, I've always hated running. It's just, and I thought no, that's, that was a personal challenge for me, and I never regarded myself as a runner until I was a, a, doing one of the um, charity run, the ten k, and I was standing, and I was still using exactly those words. And one of the guys came to me, looked at me, and says, "You're a runner." I said, I'm not a runner, you know, the, the classic Mo Farrow physique is a runner. And uh, he says, you're going to run 10Ks there? I said, yeah. He said, you're a runner. Get over yourself, you're a runner. And I found the running community were all shapes and sizes. They were all there doing running, but they all supported each other. And there's so many people who I, who I, when I did that, turned to me and said, oh, I couldn't do that. And they were the other side of the, of the fence. They were spectators. And I'm going, but I've been there. All it is is that is, there's a difference com- committing, but when those pe- other people are who are confident, they very seldom are the type who want to put you down. The people that are the confident people are the ones that want to bring people up. Yeah. And when, when I look at the masterminds I'm part of going to the Baby Barfoot event in uh, Croatia, and the guys there are super successful entrepreneurs, and they treat everyone the same. And they just want people to be successful. 
there's enough pe people I've found a lot and this is going completely off topic but I've found a lot previously in the fitness world especially here in Norwich was all about oh um, there was a lot of people that would talk bad about each other and it was just insecurity in their own services and they wouldn't refer to people that didn't have the knowledge I used to be like that as well I'm gonna hold my hands up and say I was like yeah. that uh, back in the day years ago but we're talking about eight nine ten years ago but the more I got out of that mindset and started supporting people realizing how good I am at doing what I do and there are people that are great at doing what they do who might be better served for a client then it's got much better results and as I got more of that mindset of bringing people up then I've just realized how much positivity there is out there and also uh, going on to because we like studies as we do we, we like to geek out on studies but there's uh, I have to find it but there's a study talking about mindset and their actors actors and how our immune system functions actors in LA so we can't say there's lack of vitamin D or anything like that there's probably plenty of sunlight but they had to all be in a room for a day and I don't know the exact numbers or complete ins and out they're in a room for a day and their immune function was measured and they spent a day reading scripts of negative, really depressing scripts, and their immune function went down. Yeah. And they had to act it out. The next, I think it was like a week between it, then they went in the room, immune function had gone back to like normal, normal load, and their immune function then, after reading positive scripts for a day, their immune function went up. And if that's not showing you how important it is to have some sort of positive mindset, and positive people around you, yeah. Uh, then, because I've had to do it as well. Family members, I've had to literally not see. It doesn't have to mean you have to cut people out of their the life forever, but just be aware of it. This person has a negative effect on me. Why am I drawn towards them? Because you might feel there's power from having that person there, so you can help them, and they come to you for support, so you can help them. But a lot of the time, there's no need to have them and they go away and you, you replace them with positive individuals that add to your life. So powerful. Well, that's what I've found is, I mean, with, with successful people love hanging out and helping other people to mm. be successful. We, although when this podcast goes out, we would have already had our, um, our, our annual conference in the, the, the association I belong to in, in chiropractic, which is a very high energy, very supportive, uh, kind of really a family, but it's, it's a big association now. And it's a weekend where where everyone gets together, there's speakers and things, but everyone, most of, most of the benefit of that is actually everyone sharing ideas. Mm -hmm. And this is what works for me, you, you know, perhaps you try that. And, that. and in, in our profession, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of perception within, whether it's come from outside in, or even it's certainly within the, in, in our profession, there's that, that other chiropractor, the other office in the same city is your competitor. And um, we, are, we are best in, in, our, um, in Norwich is that we have a, I, I work, with, work in a supportive network with uh, four or five other chiropractors. We meet every, every month, we share ideas, we uh, support each other uh, in, on many levels. And when you do that and come together because of what you wanna support and grow together, it's really powerful. Yeah. Then on the other flip side, you also have some who kind of almost, if if I'm not doing too well, but then then I see that you're not doing too well, it makes it feel make me feel a bit better, and that really grinds people down. And as you say, that can happen within family units. It can happen in business. 
it can happen on on many even just in with society it's like yeah. you see it classically if you watch the cricket in the summer um ben stokes at one level he's he's um he's a uh, put up on a pedestal because he saves a cricket test and then the next minute there's something else going on in the in the papers because of his of family history and and it's just like society loves to Look chop the England down. team. They've gone ten years unbeaten. They lose one game, and now Gareth Southgate's trying to get the chop. Yeah, what's that but, all about? But is it not? Is it? I, I don't know. It's, is it that? It's because bad news sells. Well, bad news sells. Good and news sells. Bad marketing. news sells. But as a society, do we also like the fact when seeing that you know what? Why is some of the soap operas, which are all doom and gloom and tragedy and why why they so popular? Do we we like to kind of almost you know free ourselves that, that 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 other people also have a tough time because at some times you know life is tough and i'm sure it's sometimes when you're running a, a marathon no matter what pace you're going and sometimes you're thinking this it's is hurt. tough this is hurting um but uh i think that the analogy with the running is great he, he's got a team uh, he's got planning he's got a vision he's got planning with his goal team, he's done set his goal he's trained for it and then on the time he's so failed far, just got to well. go yeah, because he'd done the, the yeah. night one, and it? on a world stage, yeah, he could quite easily have, you know, had an injury or had something. So, uh, yeah, we completely digressed again. That's why it's called the Unplugged Health series. Exactly. So, so the outcome of that is, look at who you've got around you. If your health isn't where you want it to be, it might not necessarily be that you need to hire someone to coach you. You might not have to do that. It could be that you just need to look at who's around you. And if you've got people that are all doom and gloom, the only thing they can actually talk about is how bad the weather's been. You can't control the weather. You can just accept it. Then see who those, pe those people are and just slowly, you don't have to just cut them out completely, block their number or anything like that, but just slowly edge them out. Yeah. And replace them with people that you don't feel drained when you leave them. And that is a big thing that I used to find is that if I left someone that I'd spent time with, um, a family member that I spent the day with and I felt drained when I'd been with her and then it's like no she's very rarely over the house or anything like that now and I don't have to have that negative energy around me and it helps a lot it helps hugely of, of whether again on a, on a on a business level or personal level but usually it's probably more even than a personal level because you spend so much more time or changing the dynamics so that you are in, you know, pulling in some of those people who, who do boost you up. So as one is that restricting or access to things, but then also what else, what else, you've got to also look at what else are you reading? What else are the things that you bring into your life as far as choice of TVs or movies or, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, of energy mm -hmm. behind it all of, of what you access. So what kind of things do you do? You know, I'd be quite interested of, of what you experience. Uh, is there the dynamics that you're aware of, of, of people around who, who pull you down? Is, uh, have you tried the running on the treadmill? I'd be intrigued to see someone, you know, actually try. How, Sign away for first. You know, how fast can you go even if you're at half his pace? I remember we had to do, when I, when I worked um, in the gyms and it was at the 6.30, we had a treadmill sprint class, it was called. And it's 30 minutes and I had to actually take the class. You had all the treadmills around the front and I was up there and you had to sprint on there and I would put it up to 20k and I could get a minute out of it. But more than that, no. And he's going faster than that. It was crazy. 
but it was a minute, a couple of minutes walking, and then you would do yeah. interval training with them. But that was 30 minutes of interval training, maybe 10 efforts. They weren't all at 20K either. So are we going to reckon that within the next 12 months, someone's going to do sub two hour in, in a regular race? Yeah. Without, that's without, well, they might have some kind of paces going on. Well, they, the have, race pace, as they well, have paces anyway. in race up to a certain distance. But I think someone at some stage not is going to, the, the, the mind block is, is now gone. I think that shows how impressive it was that he needed 41 people in order to keep their pace. Yeah. And when, when normally in a marathon, you might get someone do, say, the first six miles and, or up to a half marathon and then do the second half. Yeah. to keep the pace I suppose also though he knew that he was going to win that race hmm. so he's he's, he's, he's com- already seen it he's already competing by himself whereas the dynamics of something running like London Marathon you've got to almost they he's got to get to whoever does it he's got to get to the point of saying actually you know what yeah but his the, race wasn't against the race him. is against not the a, clock, so exactly. he still had to win it yeah no but, but it was against the clock whereas other races you are racing against competitors and you're racing for that title so is, is it going to be that someone or two people, three people push themselves so they happen to break two hours to win the title? Or is someone going to be so prepared they that they actually to. say, I don't care whether they whether I win this or come second, but I'm breaking that two-hour mark. However, However if, if, you're the second, second, if you're the second person to break the two-hour mark, it's an amazing achievement, <laughs> but no one is really going to remember that. And that is in the nicest <laughs> way. I've just brought, like, brought someone down there, as we've just been speaking about. But, but to see the psychology the of psychology sport, of it, with, yeah. with, with golf... People want to win. With golf, what they try and get people to do is get away from the outcome rather than fall in love with the process. So the process would be to put certain scores together and then at least be in the running to win something. And if you're there all the time, it's only a matter of time until you do win something. So, But yeah, I think I'd be really peed if I broke two hours... And came second, but that they're, they're athletes, and I I, I think th- the race I, win would mean more than I wouldn't two be hours. surprised within Look, the next twelve we, months. We had um, Lewis Hamilton in the race yesterday, and he was in third place, and the team brought him in, and he said, "Why did you bring me in? I'm in third place. I can't win now." And he was really, really pissed about it. And then the team at the Mercedes win their six constructors and drivers title six years in a row. No other team's done that. Got got the double but we don't know whether it's Bottas or Hamilton. But he was just frustrated and you could see he took a while to start celebrating with the team because he yeah. came third and not first in that race. Because these athletes, we say, oh, they get paid too much. And all the, some people say they get paid too much. I think they get paid as much as they deserve, in all honesty. But some people say they get paid too much. But they're still in love with the sport and wanting to win. And that's why they do it. It's for the love of it. But some would say that some of them are a little bit more arrogant and they're a little bit more nasty. But um, my son said, we watched, watched the end of the race yesterday and my son said, uh, yeah, well, Lewis Hamilton, yeah, well, what do you think him as a, you know, what do you think of him? I said, well, never met him. I don't know, but when he's ever been seen to be interviewed away from race days and stuff, he comes across really quite nice. But he says, yeah, but sometimes he, you know, he's this and that. I said, they all got to have something different to be able to be a winner. They are not, they're not there. They've got to have a little edge and whether that it's, and he's it's growing a different, well. a different, a different edge to them. They are always trying to be number one. They're not, they're not, they're not really 
thinking about and the contracts and the money is all done for them. They've got it's, enough that they, they need. They are they their sole purpose is that he wants to, he will want to be um, take Schumacher's. Well, now, now he's gonna he pretty much gonna get the sixth one. Yeah, I don't think the team are gonna let Bottas win. Uh, you never know with team orders and the racing, but then is Schumacher seven or is he eight? Eight titles. I got a fee. I want to say eight. Yeah, I'm so he's sure got to get this one and another three to beat him. We shall see, guys. Let us know your thoughts see. on that as well. Who's gonna? Win the win the title this year is Hamilton or is Bottas? Yeah. Don't go around trying to drive as fast as Hamilton now. And don't run for more than a minute on twenty k. Or just switch it on and just see how fast it is. You don't have to even get on the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take see care, guys. Take care. Bye bye.